The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back to another episode of Being Bumo. Today, I'm joined by Kareen Chambers, co-founder and CEO of Diva Cup, the only real innovation in feminine hygiene in decades. We not only talk about how she was able to build and grow Diva Cup into the number one selling menstrual cup brand in the world, but we also talk about how Diva Cup is actually so game-changing. And I am a huge, huge believer in this because I've been using pads and tampons my whole life. And I wasn't sure at first, but after I tried it out. I mean, but we'll go into that in this episode. And we go into motherhood, how it actually is when you're trying to start a business while being a mom. We get really honest and she shares with us how she was able to build a company while she was a mother and how she actually ran her health to the ground and how she improved her health and lifestyle after that. With that said, here's our conversation. Hi, Karine. Welcome to the Being Bumo podcast. Hi, Chriselle. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be chatting with you because I have literally a million questions. Um, But before we get started, I always like to start off the podcast with a little icebreaker. And that is, what is the first thing that you did this morning? Oh my gosh. So um, it was an interesting morning. I The first thing I tried to do was have a shower and there was no hot water. Went down to the basement and found a massive flood. And there was a pipe that broke and there was like literally a water hose of water gushing out and about three inches of water on the floor and everything was soaked and it was just a big disaster. So that's what I, um, that's what I did. That was the first thing I got to do today. Well, first of all, I am so sorry. I can't even believe that you're still here chatting with me. I mean, I guess that's why you're so successful. You're able to kind of put on your face and march forward, but Wow. I am so sorry about that. I hope that it gets fixed, first of all. Yeah, luckily, luckily there wasn't too much actual damage and the floor was hard and the floors around it that it went through the other rooms was no carpet. So we're lucky that way. Um, but yeah, my heart goes out to anyone that's been through this because it is a giant mess when that happens. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. This time is very, very precious, even more so now. So before we dive into all the questions, I would love for you to introduce yourself and your background. Sure thing. Um, so I'm Karen Chambersani, and I founded a company called Diva International with my mom, Francine, um, and we created a product called the Diva Cup. That's our hero product that We've been tirelessly trying to promote and disrupt and change the world with since uh, we started in 2001. Amazing. And was that an idea that you had 
when you went to college, out of college, post kids? Like, how did this all come about? Well, it actually goes back to when my mom was a 13 year old girl and just hated periods and hated the products at the time and thought there had to be a better way. And she was starting to dream about this product and this concept of a menstrual cup. And sure enough, Years and years later, when I was 14, she discovered that this concept existed. And it was a concept that was actually around since the 1930s in a number of versions. So she began to promote uh, another earlier version of a menstrual cup. And when I finished from school, we actually came together and we designed and modernized the menstrual cup. And we had the first silicone menstrual cup uh, available on the market. That's incredible. I mean, I have a gazillion questions about menstrual cups. So before we go into those questions, I kind of want to learn a little bit about yourself as a mother, as an entrepreneur, running one of the world's leading menstrual cup company that is a household name. And how many kids do you have? I have two kids, uh, a 10-year-old and 11-year-old. They're 16 months apart. Oh, Wow. Okay. So almost teenagers, but not quite yet. Yeah. (laughs) How has it been one running a business in the midst of a pandemic? How was all of that for you during these times? Oh gosh. Like it's been really challenging to say the least. The last year has, um, yeah, definitely some days that just felt impossible to get through. There's, you know, laundry piling up and the kitchen's a disaster and the kids there was some days that were like did we feed our children today I'm not (laughs) sure we actually they became very independent over over COVID Um, but yeah it was really challenging and I'm really lucky that I do have a great support system and my husband is such an amazing business partner he actually when my mom and I when my mom retired from the business he came in and we became partners. And so we've been, we've been running it together, but you need, you need support system. You need someone to, to help you. And when, when COVID first hit, we had to continue doing so many things we used to do at the office and creating videos. We had to do this, this uh, video for our launch in Japan. I didn't have any equipment here, anything. So we had to order everything and, and set up kind of a studio. And we were like, it was just so funny. Um, Kind of almost going back to, to kind of a gritty grassroots, like scrappy way of doing things. (laughs) Like the good old days. Yeah. the, The good old days. But we did find our way. And then also with the kids learning from home, that was, that's hard for them too, because everyone was getting adjusted and it was like technology issues and just so many things. I'm sure every, every mom can relate to that, but we made it where we're, we take it day by day and we're doing our best. And I've kind of like lowered my standards of uh, perfection that you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And how long has Diva Cup been around for? So we started um, developing in 2001 and we launched in 2003. So you were a working mother since the start of it because you had your business during those times. 
Um, yeah, my kids were born in 2009 and 2010. So yeah, I was, um, that was probably actually the most challenging time of my life is when I, when I became a mother. And that was the, the time when I really realized that I needed more support. And I just kind of kept working through both pregnancies. I was, um, you know, I, I remember I had my daughter, on a Friday and like Monday, I was pretty much back at work and trying to trying to work and have a newborn. And then I got pregnant again, right? Uh, like six months later. And oh my goodness. I was pretty devastated actually at the time. I, I feel really bad about this because I, I know how hard it uh, it is for a lot of people to get pregnant and you know, it's such a gift and I'm so grateful, but I, I literally cried when, when I found out I was pregnant again. I mean, you're still hormonal. You, you're just coming into this new mom phase. And I mean, I totally understand that I would have cried too. Yeah. And I was like, I have a newborn in my mind. I, I, she was still a newborn Yes, in my mind. Like I was still trying to get adjusted to motherhood and I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to have another baby. I just, I never pictured it. And we had the the business baby and that's its, its whole thing on its own too. So definitely. Um, and we were at that time, we were only a few people. Like our company was only a few people and we were, so, we were doing everything. Like we were managing so many different functions in the company at that time. So I, I definitely, I don't even know how I got through it, to be honest. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am Divorced Not Dead. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves for the happily ever after? Does our love story really have to be one great lengthy novel, or can we be happy with a book of short but exciting love stories? I guess we'll find out on Divorced Not Dead. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey, so buckle up. That was actually my next question was, what were some of the challenges you faced along the way to build the business? I would imagine that would be one of them, but were there any other like challenges that you faced that you're like, man, I can't believe I I came out of this? I think a lot of the challenges, I mean, there's a lot of challenges in the actual business. And then there was like a lot of personal challenges So from the business perspective, in the early days, we had a really hard time, first of all, even getting the product made, finding anyone that would be willing to work with us. It's a medical device. There's a lot of regulations around menstrual cups. They're considered a class two medical device. So it's not impossible, but there is quite a lot of work to do. And from that perspective, and we didn't know much of anything at that point. We just kind of had the vision and thought, you know, we'll, we will figure it out. When we finally got it made and finally had a package and we're like, yes, we're ready to launch and ready to, ready to go, ready to bring it to the world. Nobody wanted it. Oh, man. None of the buyers wanted it. Everyone thought it was disgusting and like no one will ever use this and we were literally laughed at um, anytime you guys are probably too early to the market at that time right I think so it's funny because it's it's such an old concept but 
just menstruation itself has so many taboos and so much stigma around it. It's not something that really gets innovated on much. Right. Even like if you look at the whole industry, look at tampons and pads, they've been around also for, for, you know, forever tampons more since the 1930s as well. And it's more of like kind of packaging refresh and, and positioning. It's not so much like the a pad is pretty much a pad. There's not a lot like they maybe add some wings and maybe try some different things, but there's not really a lot of, a lot of innovation in that area. And no one really thought that there needed to be. And the male buyers, particularly that we were that we were talking to, didn't really understand why why we would need this kind of innovation, and didn't think people would use it. And they're like, "Why fix it if it's not broken?" It was kind of that that attitude, or we're kind of like, "We'll watch and we'll see what happens. If anyone actually starts to use it, then come back to us in a few years." I love that it's always the male buyers or like investors or like whatever that is. They're like, well, is anyone going to use it? Well, and it's like, yeah, it's your women consumers (laughs) that are going to use it. You're not the target market. You're not. (laughs) But, you know, even some of the female buyers were really negative about it as well. It It was kind of across the board. Luckily, we ended up really taking a different path altogether and building our business in the natural products industry. And they were a little bit more warm. They were, they really bought into the eco-friendly factor and the fact that there isn't chemicals and dyes that can leach into the body or, or disrupt the pH. And so all these different things, but it was a very niche product for a long time. I see. You and I chatted a bit before. And I remember you mentioning that you ran your health to the ground at some point. What was life like then? Was that right after you had kids? And what did you do to improve your your health at that point? When I had my kids back to back and I kept working. And by the time the second one came, I think I was so burnt out by that point that it was really hard to function. It was hard to do anything. And I started developing all kinds of health issues. And it took me a long time to to be able to regain my strength and to regain my health. And I had to prioritize rest and eating well and exercise and just taking that time to even go for a walk, that kind of thing. And it's kind of been an ebb and flow. I, I though at that point, my health forced me to I had no choice. I had to actually take a few months off of work and I was kind of working very limited, which was, it was a really hard time on my mom. She was pretty much doing it all. And at that point we had just started to build our team. So after my first baby, we started building a team and hiring more people, but it was still a lot to manage and I couldn't actually work for, you know, a few months. And I, I started getting better and then moving forward, it's kind of an ebb and flow where I'm at least much more aware of it when I start getting, putting too much on myself. I get really sick all the time. Like my immune system gets hit so hard and then I'm like, okay, I'm doing too much again. So I have a lot more awareness around it and I've changed a lot of my habits 
And actually COVID was a big blessing in in a way, at least I don't want to say COVID was a blessing, but being home, the fact that we were home during COVID, that kind of slowed down the busyness of running around all the time and, and dropping the kids here and doing this and doing that and, and going to meetings out of town and conferences and all this like stuff that I was doing. And it's the last year has really allowed me to hone in on my health and, and focus on it. And actually, I feel the best that I have in years. I just realized that entrepreneurs, especially women, especially mother entrepreneurs, I feel like it's one of the hardest tasks to, to do and to become because you not only have the responsibilities of your own household, but now it's like your other baby, which is your business, your startup, and the livelihood of the people on your team and investors. And like, there's just so much pressure once you commit to starting something. And it almost takes that point of like reckoning of like, oh my gosh, my health, like I am not good anymore for us to be like, okay, like we need to stop, right? And so I think, you know, if there's any women entrepreneurs listening, uh, mothers especially, you got to check yourself because, you know, we're already doing a lot, yet alone, like trying to run a company. Now, let's talk a little bit more about your product because I'm personally really interested in Diva Cup. Um, you talked about how this was an idea that you had in college and then uh, you and your mom kind of launched it together. And you also talked about how people were just not taking you guys seriously, especially the buyers. They were kind of laughing in your face and you guys faced some of the biggest hurdles. But now Diva Cup is in over 60,000 stores and you guys are the pioneers in the space being a household name now. What what was kind of that that turning point for you guys? Well, um, like I said, we really, we ran hard in the beginning. Like we just worked day and night, seven days a week for years and years and years and years. And we were building traction. We definitely were. We were building a consumer base. And in 2012, around that time, that's when we started building our team. And there was a couple things that happened. We ended up getting our first mass market account in Canada nationally. So we had had some regional drugstore accounts. We were in about two or 3,000 stores in the natural health industry, like Whole Foods. And that took five years just to get in all the Whole Foods stores. But we ended up getting into Shoppers Drug Mart, which is, is like a CVS. It's, a, it's the largest drug chain in Canada. And that was a big turning point for us. Once we had that, that we ended up getting on shelf by 2014. And that's when the ball started rolling. And over the next few years, we went from 2000 stores to 30,000 stores in those wow. few years. And now today we're, we're in over 60,000, but it, it's still those first few years scaling up were, were massive for a company like us in a small kind of couple product small company, it was, it's very unusual to even get that kind of distribution. And there was a lot of challenges that definitely came with that because all of a sudden you have to support 
those tens of thousands of stores with marketing, with promotions, and there was just so much education. So we really focused hard on educating customers with this new period care option and show that case study as a success story to the other retailers. And that way we started, we, we learned a lot in those, in those years. That's probably one of my biggest warnings to other entrepreneurs with products going into the mass market to get some, some actual experts and consultants to guide you through that process I would highly recommend because there's a lot of pitfalls and there was a couple of times that we, we pretty much could have lost everything. Oh, wow. And I remember one time we got, um, CVS did like a MCB, which is a manufacturer chargeback. It was like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars that shows up on, um, on your bill and like, you're making no money. Like it's hard to make money. There's, it's a thing. And it's like, people want to be like, I want to put this and this and this and this, like start small and, and, and be strategic and, and get that, get proper advice through, through that expansion. Because luckily we made it through and we definitely learned the hard way a few times, but we ended up really establishing ourselves and establishing the category. Do you think that growth came from just people becoming more open to the idea? Was it the branding? Did you guys shift kind of the narrative? Was it just the market size was growing? People were just becoming more aware of Diva Cup. Was there a specific defining moment for the industry or the business for you? I don't think it's one thing. And I think in marketing, it's never one thing. And, you know, if someone says, oh, well, you can build a brand by doing Instagram ads, you can build a brand by doing TV commercials, like you can't build a brand without a marketing mix. And so it wasn't really one thing. One of the things I think that helped us tremendously was actually having a product that was changing people's lives and that people were talking about. Because the word of mouth really creates momentum. And in the beginning, it's like, you know, one person tells a few friends, but over time, over years and years, it started building momentum. And that momentum really helped with the category and why Diva Cup today is the number one menstrual cup brand in the world. Wow. So let's go there then, because I would love to understand why someone would want to use Diva Cup instead of a traditional pad or a tampon. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm one of those girls. Like I've never quite honestly thought of using a menstrual cup before, but after I discovered you guys, I've been testing it out and I'm like, this is incredible. But for the user that has never even thought of or even have heard of what Diva Cup is. Can you explain why someone would use that versus a tampon or a pad? Absolutely. Well, there's so many reasons. And one of the best reasons is just you're so free and comfortable. The comfort level and freedom that you have with a menstrual cup is night and day. And just to back up how it actually works, it's just a really small uh, silicone cup that's soft and flexible. It's bell-shaped. So there's, uh, there's other types of menstrual cups that are disc shaped, but the Diva cup is bell shaped 
and it's worn lower in the canal and it's just folded up and inserted and it unfolds and the cup can stay in place for up to 12 hours. So that's like a huge improvement because I think tampons, the maximum is like four hours or six hours that you can wear it. And it's just, it's such a simple thing, but it's really effective and it's reusable. So from a cost perspective and from an environmental perspective, there's just so many benefits. And I think most women are saving at least a couple hundred dollars a year on disposables. And the other great thing is that you just feel more comfortable. I know for myself, when I switched to a menstrual cup, it was just such a game changer for both my mom and I. And that's what's really fueled our passion all these years. So we're like, everyone needs to know about this. Like we couldn't stop talking about it. We couldn't stop shouting its praises. We were like, what, how is this not out there? Did you start using a menstrual cup right when you had your period? Or is this something that you discovered later as a teenager? I was pretty young. I I was only using pads and tampons for about a year when I discovered. How old were you? I was 14 when I started using a cup. And the first time, and like the earlier cups were were brown rubber, like it looked like a, a kind of mini toilet plunger. It was just so awful. And I remember when my mom brought it home and she's like, so excited. She's like, this is what I've been dreaming of my whole life since I was 13. And, and it's finally here. And I'm looking at, I'm like, you are crazy. I am never going to use that. That is gross. And how does it even work? Like I was totally freaked out. She convinced me she was very, very persuasive and (laughs) she convinced me and we both tried it and she, we had our, always had our period at the same time and she went to work and I went to school and we got home and we were like jumping up and down. We just couldn't believe it. That was the first day ever I had made it through without leaking through the day. Um, It was so comfortable and I just... It was just amazing. We were so excited. So even if you're super heavy, like, you know, when you have those days, like second or third day, and you're just like, oh man, it's it's the day. And you're just paranoid to wear anything and to walk out. Is it more effective than an actual tampon in like holding a very heavy period in? Yeah, it does hold probably four or five times more depending on the the person and um, the, the product, but it's, it definitely holds a lot more. And the great thing is um, what most people find when they start using a cup is their flows not actually as heavy as they thought it was. So initially it just seems like it's a lot because tampons are always leaking and the pads kind of spread everything out. So it looks like a lot more. And and there, there are many women that have very heavy flows, but just having that knowledge of being able to see how much flow is actually coming, you have a lot more information and data that you can really say, wow, I thought it was like so much, but it's actually the whole day, it took like 12 hours to fill the cup. And for women that do have heavier flows, and they're like filling it every hour they're they can actually go to their doctor now and say, okay, I'm like filling a cup every hour, which is a lot of flow. Mm, because you could actually measure it. And you know exactly how much is coming out. 
essentially, right? And also um, in Eastern medicine, they really look at kind of color and texture and like all these different things. And you start to get to know your flow and get to see, you know, if there's something unusual and if, um, you know, the color is like really, really black, it can mean that there's kind of stagnation in the walls. Like things aren't really turning over. You might need to take some herbs or something to help the flow. I notice like when I'm really stressed that my cycle changes, Mm. like you start to associate oh, wow, I had a really stressful month and I had actually more flow or I had less flow. Like there's different things, but you start to identify patterns and just be a lot more in touch with your health. So it's essentially literally a cup, right? So the flow is going inside a cup, correct? Yeah, it stays in the cup. So then what, because we are on a podcast and people can't actually see, how... Do you take it out without it spilling all over? Like, is that a silly question? No, not at all. I, and that's what I like about the bell-shaped cups. Like when it's really full, it's, you know, you're pulling it out from the bottom and you kind of pull it a little bit from side to side to get some air into it. And it's not really hard to take it out and not like have it spill everywhere. Um, it's solid enough to kind of hold everything. So I don't, I personally don't find that a problem. I don't know, maybe other, other women have found that. Um, But for me personally, that's never really been an issue. So I actually just started because obviously I was curious after discovering you guys. And I have to say it is a lot more, it sounds a lot more intimidating than it actually is because I've been using tampons and pads my whole life. So like introducing this was like, whoa, what is this? And it looks different than what you're used to. But once you use it and you see the ease of it, you're just like, okay, this is, I could get used to this. This is not bad at all. It's not as scary as it sounds. And it's quite, I feel like it's sometimes easier than a tampon. Yeah. I personally find it a lot easier. I used to get really agitated and over, over the years, there's been a couple times that I didn't have access to my cup for whatever reason and had to use a tampon or pad. And it was just not a good situation. I really appreciated the benefits. Like I, I think many menstrual cup users can relate to that. And they're like, okay, for whatever reason, they go back for a bit or try it. And it was like horrible. And actually when we were in Florida last year, at my parents' house, I forgot, I forgot it. And I was not, it was not a good situation. I tried without for a day and I actually like biked to the store and went and bought one. (laughs) I will not be without it. I just, you can't, once you switch, I just don't even know how you could go back. I know. And I, I'm seeing that because there are times when you put in tampons, you can still feel it. And like, you know, you didn't put it deep enough. So it's just kind of there. And like, you have to worry about the heaviness of if you're going to leak or not. There's just like so many things, but I feel like with the menstrual cup, those are things that you don't really have to worry about anymore, which is pretty incredible. Once you can travel again, it's hands down the best thing for travel because you just have one little thing to carry. I mean, traveling is a big part of my life and I can't wait to use it while I'm traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Can you actually, when can you start using the Diva Cup after pregnancy? Well, it's really a personal choice. 
I know for myself, I was pretty sore after that. I didn't really want to insert anything, but if it's comfortable, I've heard of some women using it postpartum, but for most people, I think like as soon as they're healed up enough that they don't feel any discomfort from inserting something, it's, it's definitely safe to use, especially because it's not introducing any fibers or chemicals or anything that could agitate but it's more like can you even insert it and obviously every woman's birth story is so different and certainly if if you've had a c-section it should be pretty much okay to use Mm, got it we have a lot of moms um, especially new moms that listen to this podcast and are there any added benefits I guess for moms to think about when thinking about transitioning over to the diva cup? I know that a lot of moms, like in my own, when I became a mom, that I was so worried about all the chemicals that I was exposing my baby to. So that's when I really started looking at my products, even like makeup and, and shampoos and cleaning products and all these things that I was kind of concerned, but now I was like super concerned because I didn't want my baby to be exposed to anything. So it's a great option. I think it's a great time to look at other sustainable options. There's quite a few now. There's period underwear, there's other types of cups and discs and reusable pads, and also more sustainable pads like bamboo and and organic cotton and um, chemical without without added bleaches and chemicals. So I think it's a really good time to just look at things that you're exposing your body to or that you could be, you know, exposing your family to when you become a new mom. I I mean, that was my journey. That was something that that, uh, really got me into kind of becoming a lot more zero waste and looking at the chemicals that I was using in the house. And I actually make a lot of my own cleaning products as well, but I'm really into all of that stuff. And it all started around that time when I became a mom. And also just like one less thing to worry about, right? So you don't have to worry about, I mean, moms are doing so much during the day. So it's not like, oh crap, is it time for me to like change it out? Or, you know, it's one of those things that you just kind of can have almost for majority of the day. Absolutely. I think that's probably one of the biggest benefits is just the convenience because we have enough on our plate. We have enough things to do. That's the last thing you need to be worrying about is like you're out and you know, you've got, you've got a letdown coming and you're also worrying about leaking through your tampon at the same time. It's like, hopefully, I mean, I don't know if that happened to others, but I got my period eight weeks to the day. Both times I had a like with with both my kids and I was still nursing, but I still, like everyone says, you can get your, you get your period. you like, you don't get your period back until you, as long as you're nursing but that didn't happen to me. So I wasn't one of those lucky ones. I was dealing with both at the same time. I have another question that I've been curious about. Can you have sex with it in? No, it's not recommended because this, um, so that's the advantages of the disc shape. The disc shapes are designed for intercourse. So uh, they don't work as well in my experience as holding everything. Um, But 
for they're really designed for intercourse and the bell-shaped cups because it's actually worn pretty low in the canal and it really depends on your canal but it's it's definitely not recommended yeah and then how about sleep can you sleep with it in yeah with sleep it's totally good like you can sleep with it you can do all your activities swim sports scuba diving skydiving whatever you want you can do it It's extreme sport friendly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We have a lot of extreme sport followers that that just swear by it. Yeah. I was actually um, at a resort over the weekend and for my birthday and I was swimming with the kids. Thank you. I was swimming with the kids and I was on my period and I was like, oh, this is so annoying. Like, I, I hope I don't leave like a blood trail in in the water. <laughs> and these are things that you actually think about, right? That, I mean, the benefits of having, using Diva Cup instead is like, you don't have these thoughts anymore. It's just like in there. So yeah, that's yeah, pretty it's incredible. Definitely a lot of freedom. And that's really where my mom, when my mom started first thinking about this idea was when she was at the beach with all her brothers and she was sitting on the sidelines and couldn't really enjoy with them. And she just felt like all her freedom was taken away and that her, her life was over, (laughs) like all her enjoyment was over. So that was kind of the basis of where this idea really started to, and, and her drive for really, you know, the whole journey of Diva Cup comes from that one moment. It's like, almost like equality in a sense, because men don't have to worry about it. Right. And like, all women know when it's t- during that time of the month, you're just like, oh, I don't want to do anything. You know, it just puts these limitations on like certain things that you can do. And so it's almost bringing that equality back of like, I can do whatever I want now. Like, I don't have to think about if I'm going to leak or if, you know, I don't know, something extreme is going to happen and you're able to kind of just live your life again. So that's the freedom. That's really the freedom. Um, of that switch. And that was what really drew us in those early days when we, when we started using a cup and how liberating that was to just be able to carry on and not have to, it's kind of like levels the playing field now uh, where your period doesn't have to hold you back. And like, we've been conditioned with these like commercials for decades about like women in white like running through a field and all this stuff that's not reality that's not that's not what actually happens and there's actually other solutions that really work much better and just provide a better a better life is there any limitations on how young you can be or how old you can be like, is it for anybody? Or I remember you saying that you started using the cups when you're younger. Is there an age limit? There's no age limit, really. It's more of a personal preference. We have quite young, younger girls using it, especially who are in extreme sports or uh, gymnasts, synchronized swimmers, especially synchronized swimmers. We actually have quite a quite a lot of younger girls using it, but it's, again, it's such a personal preference. I would say, you know, as soon as someone is comfortable with their body and it's a great way to really get used 
comfortable with your body and just understand what it looks like and understand the different parts and, and where it goes. I mean, I can't tell you how many people still ask us or think if a cup is going to fill with urine because they don't understand that the vaginal canal and the urethra are two separate things. So there's a lot of education that needs to be done. And for, I think a lot of people using a cup is a great way to understand and and get used to your own body and not be ashamed of your body. I didn't even think about that. That is probably a common question that you guys get, huh? We do. Yeah, absolutely. I know that you guys came out with a documentary called Pandora's Box, and it's lifting the lid on menstruation that you guys are addressing just these issues that exist. Can you tell me a little bit more about the documentary? Absolutely. Um, Well, our documentary Pandora's Box is the first ever feature length documentary film that focuses on period poverty and menstrual equity. And we traveled across North America in 2018 and 2019, showcasing the film at film festivals. And we won actually some awards, which is so great. We just got shortlisted for another award this week. Um, We're super excited about. And and the film itself was was, uh, recorded and has stories across five countries, a couple countries in Africa. So I think four continents, Africa, India, uh, in the UK, and in the US and Canada, we filmed stories. So it's really, it's really interesting. I definitely encourage everyone to look at it. And we have a philanthropic division of Diva called Diva Cares. And we learned that there's actually a misconception that period poverty only happens in kind of more developing nations. And it's actually happening here. It's happening in North America. In Canada alone, one in four women have been unable to afford period products for themselves or for their dependents. And in U.S., it's estimated one in five girls have missed school because they don't have access to proper period care. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, Pandora's Box really dives deep into period poverty and how the governments and countries and communities are responding to this. And it's now finally, as of uh, just recently, available on all major streaming platforms such as iTunes, Vimeo, Google Play. That's incredible. So in the mix of trying to build a massive company, you guys are like, let's also build a film. Let's create a film around this. I mean, was that an idea that just came out randomly or some like a passion project that you had? Yeah, it, it was more of a passion project. It all started in 2017. I was going to New York City to speak at the first period convention put on by uh, period.orgs. And it was, yeah, the first period con. And it just, it was kind of the first time that a conference had actually been put together with that many people coming across the country to talk about all the issues. And it was, it just felt like, okay, we need to, we need to record this and we need to document this historical event. And it was already kind of in our mind that there was there was a lot of stories that needed to be told. And at this point, we were just, we didn't know we were making a documentary. 
But on that day, through those interviews and through the, the stories that we were capturing, it just was like a light bulb went off that this is so important and we need to pull this all together. There's lots of resources, lots of different amazing organizations doing this work, but no one had really pulled it together into one documentary about all the different issues. And the project kind of evolved too. It was at first, it was kind of a small documentary and then it became a full length feature documentary. And we just kept kind of adding more resources because we thought if we're going to take this on, we need to do this right. And we had over a thousand hours of film for this documentary. And we probably could have had like 3,000 or 4,000. Like there's just so many stories and so many interesting organizations and people doing this work. It's just become such a vibrant, important movement that's happening. That's incredible. I mean, and now you guys have won a number of awards and I'm personally really excited to watch, watch the documentary. And I've actually never heard of period poverty until you have brought it up, which totally makes sense because these are basic necessities that people cannot simply afford. And that's really great that you are also kind of giving back to these communities that actually need the support and the help. So as we're wrapping up, what is the future of Diva Cup and what is there anything that we could look forward to? Absolutely. Well, we are super passionate about Diva Cares and the work that we're doing. So that 100% is a huge part of what we do. We're going to continue to, to develop that. And it's not just something we do because it looks good. It's like something that we really believe in. It's kind of become part of our ethos and what wakes us up and what gets us excited to keep to keep doing the work we're doing. So we're certainly going to continue developing that. And secondly, we've got lots of things in store. We're, we're innovating. We're in kind of full-blown innovation and growth mode. I almost feel like we're a startup again, which is really exciting. And I mean, when we started, we were kind of in that mode. And then there's been a couple times that it was just so, it felt like so much work and so much effort to get the concept known and to have the education that now we finally have the bandwidth to do other things and to kind of build on the brand and, and innovate and just like, well, especially my head is like bursting because... I'm like my mom and just ideas come to me and we 